Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where in these confusing and difficult times, we work together to help each other. I want you to know ways for you to hold on to every dollar you've got. And holding on to dollars is something that is a real split in the U.S. economy right now. There are a number of people who have been fortunate to stay employed through these last five months that we've been in a coronavirus emergency in the United States. And people who have continued to earn a check are holding on to money for dear life. Uh, there's stats about how people are handling their bills and their debts who have stayed employed, reducing their spending. And then there are others who have been right in the heart of the difficulties of job loss, pay being cut, uh, people being laid off for a while, being brought back to work, laid off a second time, and this has been an absolutely intensely difficult era for us in the United States on two fronts, health-wise and economically. And so latest data from the Census Bureau that was just released finds that just slightly more than one in four Americans miss their rent or mortgage payment in the month of July. And now it's expected that the number of people that will miss payments in August is going to be more than a third. So this is really, really hard. No state has been hit harder with this than the state of Texas. And I can hit you with the states that have had the most difficulty with people being able to make their payments, according to the Census Bureau, in addition to Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida, Nevada, and New York are the states where it's been the hardest for people to stay current. And the trend heavily, is you may have noticed, is in the southern states where people have had a very, very hard time making their payments. And now in many locations in the country, the uh, eviction moratoriums have been lifted and it is going to be a rough August and September. The failure of the Congress and the president to reach a deal on extension of relief measures is hopefully just a temporary failure and they will come up with a new package of relief because if you start thinking about the numbers of Americans, the number of children who could end up homeless in the next couple of months is just 
shocking when you think about the numbers far, far greater than what we experienced during the Great Recession, which was an incredibly difficult time in the housing market in the United States. And then the $600 federal supplemental unemployment now gone. And I guessed wrong because when I talked about this a few weeks ago, I expected that there would be a compromise in Washington with uh, there were a number of Republicans who wanted no extension of any federal supplement for unemployment compensation. The Democrats wanted to extend the 600, but there was a split with the Republicans. So I figured we were going to end up somewhere around 300, 350 in an amount for an extension. And right now uh, we've got just fog in place. And the question comes that has been raised by a number of people, how much can we continue to spend? How much can we continue to borrow in order to try to prop up the economy? And it's an unknown how much long-term instability we're causing with large federal deficits. The truth is that all these efforts are a Band-Aid on a pandemic that the public health side is where our efforts need to be coordinated and clear and we're not there yet and we've got to get there because ultimately for the economy to heal we have to get the public health side right which we continue not to but as far as immediate relief it would be a cascading effect on the u.s economy if we don't have some kind of extension of a meaningful amount of unemployment compensation so that people are in a better position to pay their rent or pay their mortgages and not lead to the question of people being put out on the street. These are very, very unusual times and at the same time are temporary. doesn't feel temporary at all when it's happening to you. As days stretch into weeks, as stretch into months. But I mean, the if then, the cause and effect of a pandemic, the pandemic ultimately will fade away. We will find effective treatments. We will find effective vaccines potentially eventually, or the vaccine eventually will burn itself out. In the meantime, we have loss of life and we have illness and we have economic problems the president in absence of a deal with the house and the senate and the white house issued the executive orders which are really uh, that was really not truly an effective means of dealing with these issues we're talking about and i think was just a a way of responding to the lack of ability to reach a deal by the various political parties in Washington, but is not going to be effective in terms of relief measures. So it's going to require something that is in short supply in Washington, the ability to communicate and compromise in order to come up with a new relief package. But I do agree there is a big question mark. How do we pay for all this ultimately? But for people that are suffering today, uh, 
and the run-on effects on the economy, we are going to need at least this one more package of economic relief measures. And I know that everything I've talked about in the last couple of minutes hits sore spots with a number of people. We are kind of raw as a country. I apologize if I've offended you with anything I've said. And we're learning as we go along here. And I appreciate your comments. And if I made you angry, please go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. And it's time for your questions that you posted for me at Clark.com slash Ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternate asking your questions. And Kim, you're up first. All right. This is from Danielle in Florida. And Danielle says, I have a significant amount of student debt. I keep getting calls stating that I'm eligible for student loan forgiveness. Do you know if this is a scam? There are a number of scams operating right now pretending that you are eligible for student loan forgiveness. There is no such blanket student loan forgiveness. And anybody who contacts you is either trying to get in your wallet or engage in identity theft. And so anybody contacting you by email, by phone, by text, anything like that, ignore those solicitations you're getting. There is a pre-existing student loan forgiveness program. There's actually more than one. One in particular well-known is the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. And there's also a program for loan forgiveness that is for people not in public service loan forgiveness, but it requires payments over an extremely long period of number of years. But those things predate all this. And anything you've heard about coronavirus loan forgiveness is actually just talk and proposals going around. There has been a temporary uh, payment holiday, if you will, an interest holiday on student loans that originally was set to expire next month. And now it's unclear based on the president's executive order and whatever the Congress will do, how that will ultimately play out. Joel? Clark Ingrid in Connecticut says, I've not been affected by COVID-19, so I'm super thankful for that. However, it would really benefit me to take a withdrawal from my 401k to pay off a 401k loan that I currently have. What are are the risks of doing so under the CARES Act? And since I really haven't been affected, can I still make the withdrawal? You can make the withdrawal. And what would happen is basically you're triggering a taxable withdrawal from your 401k when you kill off making the loan payments. And what you avoid is the 10% federal penalty. So you still will owe tax on that withdrawal to pay off the loan. So the loan will be dead but you also will lose access to that money ultimately being in your 401k. And so that is a personal choice and decision for you to make. It is true you're supposed to have been affected in some way by coronavirus in order to take advantage of the 401k distribution rules. But as far as enforcement, it's not likely and the regulations are still under review. So uh, a strict reading you would not be eligible. Kim? Bob in Wisconsin says, Clark, a couple of years ago, the idea of having driverless cars was causing great excitement. 
street testing was going on and you were one of many who was looking forward to this technology. Since then, crickets, what's the latest? It, it is happening in the United States. Teslas now offer very close to full self-driving, although a driver still has to be there to monitor. The What's known as level five, where the vehicle completely drives itself, most of those research efforts have gone into hibernation recently in the United States as a result of people pulling in their belts because of coronavirus. But the Chinese are working on it full time. And it looks like the first truly autonomous vehicles in widespread use are going to occur in communist China. And I hate that, that it's going to happen there and not here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim is with us on the Clark Howard Show, and Jim, you are <laughs> Hi, Clark. in the Pictionary. You are the financial independence retire early person. They just have your picture they, right there, don't they? <laughs> Part of the fire crowd. Yep, you got it. How old were you when you were able to bag work and go into retirement? That was a couple years ago. I'm 45 now. 43 years old, you were able to bag work. And I'm curious, were you able to do this because you saved a massive percent of what you made, or did you have your own company that you sold and were able to do this? What led you to the ability to just give work the heave-ho? We're just we're just regular people, Clark. We, uh, you know, I got a, a wife and a daughter, and uh, we're making you know, decent money. We were doing okay, but not like doctor lawyer salaries, but we, uh, we just kept saving and saving and investing. And by the time I retired, probably a couple of years before we retired, we were saving about 60% of our income. So that was, uh, <laughs> and didn't not even really feel in the pinch either. Isn't that great? So people who wonder how anybody gets it done, it's just all in how you choose to live your life and what you spend. So that's right. great stuff. So how can I help somebody who has done something that most Americans can only dream about? <laughs> well, you've been talking and, and I've been reading the, uh, the news about these uh, crazy low mortgage rates. And uh, we own a, a duplex as a rental property with a uh, 30-year fixed loan on it. We bought it in 2015 at a 4.75%, which is Which sounded great, great but, at uh, the time. Right, exactly. Now I'd like to maybe bring it down to a 20-year or even a 15, um, but this early retirement stuff's actually biting me in the butt a little bit in that uh, you know we're struggling to find a lender to help us refinance because we don't show a regular income, and uh, you know we have excellent credit, we have a sizable net worth, and the, the rental property's throwing off more than enough money to pay for expenses. But I just what can't percent, seem to find what percent a equity do you have at this point in the duplex? I'd say uh, we're about 50% right now. Wait, wait, wait. You have 50% equity in this property and people <laughs> well, aren't interested in doing a refi for you? 
Well, maybe part of the problem is the duplex was 98000 and uh, it, it's worth maybe about eh, 130 140 right now, and we owe six, about 64 on it. Okay, so I have a weird question for you. <laughs> I'll take it. You obviously have built up quite a cash reserve, and the right. cash you have is earning right now if you're lucky, 1.1%. Very true. Yes. I would blow out I, the mortgage. I would, you would. Yeah, I wouldn't even refi. I would just take 64, you said 64000 That's correct. I'd take $64,000, pay off that mortgage, and then every month you're going to be netting so much more income from the duplex you're going to have a lot of money to rebuild those reserves pretty quickly. On one hand, you're earning 1%. On the other hand, you're paying nearly 5%. Nobody wants to refi a loan that low anyway, you know, that low a balance anyway. Do you have a decent enough cash reserve that I'm not going to put you on a razor's edge? We have about five years that we're keeping uh, out of the stock market just to... Uh as part of our glide path here so okay yeah we'd, we'd then be just, okay just eat into that just enough wipe out the mortgage own it free and clear and then you're going to net how much additional dollars per month what does the mortgage cost you right now uh well it's about 650 we're paying 750 a month right now on it so 650 a month you're gonna you're gonna build up your reserves again pretty fast and you already have such a large reserve it's a it's a sure thing so that's what i do forget the refi pay it off own it and you're the winner it's my pleasure to welcome you here to the clark howard show where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off our websites clark.com and clarkdeals.com well we have a very odd school year it's underway in some parts of the country. Other places won't even be underway till after Labor Day. But it is haphazard, and to call it weird would not encompass it. Producer Joel has two school-age kids, and what's your kid's story as far as their school? So they pushed back the, the start date for, for two weeks of school, and the first nine weeks are going to be virtual learning. And your kids are young, young. So virtual learning at uh, at their age, five, seven years old, right? That's right. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of hard to do the virtual learning thing. Um, you know, we did my my five year old was in pre K last year, and you know when they when they stopped going in person, we basically abandoned the online learning pretty quickly because for a four year old to try to learn in front of a computer is is darn near impossible, unless it was a cartoon video. Right. Exactly. And I have a ninth grader, a high schooler, who for now is going back into the classroom, and they have a color-coded system that I talked about a few weeks ago, which is yellow, orange, and red. Uh, Red is online only. Yellow is in the classroom four days a week in person. Orange, two days a week in person. And they're starting off at yellow four days a week, and... They are doing extreme distancing of the kids, 100% mask compliance, and it is 
everything they could do to try to deal with the public health side. My daughter, who is a college junior, um, her school is online only all the way at least till January. And I can tell you she hated online in March, April, and May. And uh, it was a terrible way to finish her sophomore year. And now she's got it all fall long as a college junior. They did cut the tuition, though, 4%. <laughs> Still a crazy amount of money, but uh, they gave a small tuition reduction for the fact that it is online. And so it, this is something all of us are going to experience. It's going to keep changing. There was a suburb of Atlanta that was much in the news nationally, actually internationally, for starting back school with no masks required, no distancing required, and immediately ended up with an outbreak of coronavirus and now is online only till they figure out what to do next. And so this is hard for parents, especially any time a family lives in a multi-generational household with grandparents living under the same rule roof as the school-age grandkids is an intensely dangerous thing if a grandkid brings coronavirus home from school and gives it to a grandparent in the house, the uh, fatalities from coronavirus overwhelmingly have been among older Americans. And so the schools will benefit the most and the kids benefit the most from being in the classroom. But the teachers many of which may have a pre-existing condition, are in danger. And that's why having public health protocol for the kids is so important. But it's also important because preventing an outbreak in the school allows the school potentially to stay in person where it cannot otherwise. So I hope that we're able to keep our kids in school, people like me who are fortunate to have at least one kid who gets to go back in the classroom, but for this to work going forward, the safety protocols have to come first. So teachers, staff, administrators are as safe as they can be in the school environment. And that the kids coming home keep their family members safe. That kids are not just like Joel's uh, young child was not able to hang with the online thing. A lot of kids can't, and then other kids don't even have internet access and can't do so. So it's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternate, and whose turn is it? Clark, this one is coming from Tammy in Tennessee, and she says, I know you're an expert on budget travel, but I want to fly to Europe on business class. I don't have any frequent flyer points to be able to upgrade myself, though, so how do I find the best prices on business class flights? So this is a sliver of the market is people who don't want to deal with crunch class and fly internationally in the front of the plane. And nobody ever thought that there was a price-sensitive market for that. But there obviously has been one as airlines have started experimenting in summer times with discounts, uh, particularly to Europe in the front of the plane, and leisure travelers responded and bought those things. Well, there is a um, bargain alert site called Dollar Flight Club that has an alert service 
that tells you about deals front of the plane. And so if this is something you're interested in, I think it's a uh, retails at $100 a year, although they do specials on it from time to time, where specials on finding about specials, love that. And so you would get an alert anytime there are front of the plane deals, first class, business class, that kind of thing. And then you just pounce on them if the dates work and you got a real bargain. Kim? John in Georgia says, I want to warn listeners about fraudulent unemployment insurance claims that might arrive in their mailboxes. Here's our story. A while ago, my wife received an unsolicited credit card in the mail and we followed Clark's advice and we froze all of our credit. This month, she received a letter from our state's Department of Labor that seemed to suggest that she had applied for unemployment benefits. Thankfully, we have both remained employed throughout this COVID crisis. I thought the letter was fishy, but I took no action. Today in the mail, she received a debit card that said that it's a prepaid MasterCard for unemployment. I retrieved the card from the mailbox before the fraudsters could get there, but it's still scary. Even if you have your credit frozen, they seem to be able to accomplish this. Thank you for this alert. And this has been a problem across uh, maybe all 50 states at this point where identity thieves are impersonating people who, uh, for whatever reason, they know are gainfully employed. They apply for unemployment falsely and will even list false employers and all the rest, but your identity, and then they run off with unemployment insurance as if they are you. And so unwinding that becomes a mess. If you get any kind of notification from your state unemployment compensation, unemployment insurance office, whatever it's called where you live, you want to contact them. I know that was really hard months ago, not quite as hard now, and tell them that there must be a clerical error. You have not applied for unemployment compensation or insurance. And odds are it is not a clerical error. It is somebody engaging in identity theft and pouncing on that as quickly as you can, the better. Joel? Clark Jennifer in Oregon says, my 26-year-old has a job making $14 an hour in a really stable industry. She was looking at going back to school this fall at a community college in order to pursue a career in counseling. She would have to give up her current job in order to do that. So is this a wise move given the current climate? Wise move. So... The $14 an hour job is paying bills, but is not the goal. And so if the education's the goal, if there's an ability to work part-time and continue to earn the $14 an hour and pursue education, I'm all for that. And it's really, really key that when there's something that you think you'd love to do, something that brings you a career that you do pursue it and the younger the better so my instinct if you still have a way to live and cut back on hours or even the job pursue the education that's just my bias kim carrie in wisconsin says do you recommend putting down a down payment when leasing or buying a new car Yes. Uh, First of all, I'm not a fan of leasing. And if you want to know 
all the reasons I hate leasing and when it might apply, you can read my briefing at Clark.com. But if you're buying a vehicle, the advantage of putting down a substantial down payment is you don't have an ownership cycle where you're paying on a note on the vehicle where you're always upside down, always owing more on the vehicle than what it's worth, which can be risky. If you put down more down payment, makes you eligible potentially for a lower interest rate. And you should be able, because the payments will be lower, to shorten the term of the loan. So for every possible reason, a substantial down payment is a really great idea. Joel? Clark Aaron in Indiana says, On your advice, I started contributing to my company's Roth 401k plan. I understand the reasoning, but I'm wondering if I expect to be in a lower tax bracket at retirement than I am now, would the Roth really be working to my advantage? It seems like I would be paying more in taxes now than I would later in life when I'm in a lower bracket. That is a great point and 100% valid that if you look at your finances and the odds are really, really strong that your tax bracket is higher now, will be lower later, then you definitely want to do the traditional 401k or IRA rather than a Roth. But if you think about the massive federal budget deficit that we've accumulated in the United States, not just the huge stuff this year because of Corona, but what's already there, we're going to have to pay the bill. And eventually, I think it's logical that we're going to see higher tax rates than we have today. So unless you're looking at having a much lower tax rate in the future that if it's bumped up you'll still save money likely you're better off especially based on today's what are historically very low tax rates being in the Roth version of a retirement account instead of traditional so that's my bias is that tax rates are unlikely to stay at today's levels long term and you'll probably get socked with higher rates before you retire or especially by the time you've retired. Robert is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Robert. Hello, Clark. Good afternoon. It's great to have you here. You are uh, one of the hardy souls who is willing to book a cruise for next year. Well, that's true, although it's not quite that brave since uh, the cruise industry is so bad. They have a cancel for any reason for 100 bucks up to 120 days from sailing. So we've got a pretty good window to see how things are working. You know, the hard part with that, though, and it's something that has given me pause, is the cruise lines are losing massive amounts of money. I mean, gigantic amounts of money. And my worry is that we're going to see cruise lines go bust. Well, and, and that's that's my my big worry, our big worry, and and the, the reason for my call today to figure out wh- how to address that problem. So, in a normal world, I would talk to you about using a credit card to pay for the cruise, and knowing that you have some protections with that credit card if they go bust. Um, the difficulty with that is that the credit card companies are going to play hard on this with the cruise line you know with the cruise bookings 
if a cruise line goes insolvent, that uh, credit card companies have a lot of flexibility once you are past 60 days from when you make a payment as to whether or not they will honor a dispute that you would file based on an insolvency. So with you booking so far in advance and the money being out there for so long, who knows if the credit card company would stand behind you or not? Because in the 60-day window, the rules are rock solid in your favor. When you move past 60 days, and then we're talking about a failure to deliver goods or services, it gets more dicey whether or not you would be able to get that refund. So I have another alternative. I'm listening hard. Okay, so the other thing is to buy a trip insurance policy that protects you against supplier default. Now, I don't know if the trip insurers are now excluding supplier default on their newest policies because they're worried about what airlines are going to fail and what tour companies are going to fail and cruise lines are going to fail. So you'd have to read the terms and conditions and exclusions very closely on supplier default. But a policy, a simple uh, trip insurance policy will cost you about, depending on where you buy it, 4 to 6% of the cost of your cruise. We have, we have traditionally bought and planned to buy. We're, uh, we're definitely in the COVID market, uh, so we want one that will ship the body home and, and look out for a late uh, arrival and that sort of thing. So we, we would want one anyway, and, and that gives me a, a great shopping point for, uh, for the cancellation. So if you go to insure my trip or any other of the trip comparison the trip insurance comparison sites they will give you like a matrix where you can look at policies that have the various features you want and they'll give you the premium thing and all that they'll also show you which policies people have had problems with based on reviews people have posted but in your case and in the middle of a pandemic you got to pay such close attention to what are the exclusions, specifically because of coronavirus, and then how they treat supplier default to cover those two key characteristics. Because, you know, if they exclude an illness based on coronavirus, then what good does it do you, right? So you're going to have to really, really review to be comfortable, you're getting real coverage. And, you know, booking a cruise now for next year is a possible huge money saver. But at the same time, it comes with these snakes in the grass. And so you got to be aware that the opportunity also involves hazard. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.